This is the Public Record Podcast, a public service of the Public Record, the Coachella Valley's Business News Weekly. My guest today is Kristen Hiscock, co-founder of Cardia out of Canada. Kristen, welcome. Hello. Well, thank you for having me on the show today. Kristen is another serial entrepreneur with uh, some interesting views on management and uh, company uh, growth. Your primary business is the uh, Cardia Financial Group. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that business to kind of kick things off? I started Cardia Financial Group um, almost five years ago. Um, Between that timeline, now we mainly go by Cardia as we kind of not only doing financial services, um, businesses, but we started to really realize through the process that how we were building the companies were just a different way. We really take this heart-centered approach and people-first kind of mentality. And so really how I kind of like to describe what we do now is like an operational venture company. We're really trying to teach and, and build companies in a way that are really good for the communities, really good for abroad, um, and really good for the people that are working within the companies. So we call it that heart-centered approach of building companies. And are you a B2B play? Uh, so we, it depends on the, um, which business. We have several businesses underneath our banner. So we do B2B and B2C as well. Um, so kind of a, the companies that we're in, we're a lot of real estate focused. Uh, oh. We have investment planning um, and insurance planning. Um, and then we also have um, spaces in the ecotech space. So we're doing a lot of like um, energy creation, um, good ways of creating agricultural growing through containers um, as part of our arms. And then all the way into coaching and education. So we have a real estate coaching business um, as well. So kind of an array of things. And that's kind of what I always like to talk is like it's not specific to one industry, but it's more about how we want to run those companies and how we want to support the communities in which we're in. You're another remote office worker. Are you a big proponent of that? I am. Yeah, I love it. I, even pre-COVID days when it became a little of a norm to be doing Zooms and calls and working from home. Um, our company has always been allowed for people to travel, uh, work from home, uh, work from in our offices that we also do provide. Um, but yeah, I really like it because each person's different. Some people get really productive being in an office. Some of them are productive more at their home. And some are actually more productive sitting on a beach somewhere um, and doing their work. And so, you know, I don't like to, you know, put a restraint on the working styles of our team or myself. So I'm a big component of flexibility. I wouldn't go, I wouldn't say either way is the best way. It's individualized. Before we get too far, give us the best web address for your company. Uh, it would be hellocardia.com. So H-E-L-L-O, cardia with a K, so K-A-R-D-I-A.com. Tell us a little bit about work-life balance. What's your view on that? I love it. So I talk a lot about what we call more fluidity in our lives. I believe that you know our work, our passions, our family are all kind of you know, at different phases of our lives and times and days and weeks uh, vary when it comes to our time. So the whole concept when people say balance, it's really hard because then you think it's like, it's a kind of like a linear thing, like 50% here, 50% there. And it doesn't usually work like that for most people. So what I look like it is, is it, is every piece of it creating fulfillment for yourself? And is your family feeling loved and supported and you're there for them? Is your business feeling nurtured and supported? Is your health and wellness feeling supported. Uh, So it it could vary the percentage of how much you're spending on each of them. But as long as you truly know that you are working and you're having the time with the family and you're you're also your personal side, the right that's needed for that week, that month, that period of time in your life. Now, your business philosophy is to bring more heart into the business world. Can you tell us what that means? Thank you for the question. I love that. And so, yeah, I mentioned a couple of times about heart-centered approach. So what does that look like when it comes to putting more heart in your business? It's really looking at um, 
in a few different areas as examples I can give, it's like, okay, if people that are working for you, are they being treated well? Are they getting paid living wages? Um, or are they being compensated um, based on what they're doing and working? And, and more importantly, are they feeling empowered in the work that they're doing for your company so that they're part of your vision and your mission as a company? Um, we talk a lot about this word fulfillment within our companies and, uh, and outside because I think even as a team member, I want to say, hey, like our goal at Cardi is to go and build heart center companies to scale and change communities and make massive impact um, in the life of the people that we serve. But is what you're doing in your role at this work also creating that personal fulfillment that you feel like you're doing something that makes you the best version of yourself? Or are you dreading coming into work or you're feeling stressed or you're getting pressure that you shouldn't have? So part of being a heart-centered business and, and run, putting heart into the business is looking at treating your people right, people, putting your people first. Um, and then it goes into how are you supporting? I really believe in this thing, doing good and making money at the same time. So how can you link your business to make sure that you're doing good in your community? Um, whether that may be giving time to local charities and nonprofits, maybe that's, you know, structuring that you share a part of your profit towards um, the business, uh, sorry, the, like the community from, through philanthropy efforts. Um, and then also how do you share with others what you're doing? Right? Be a collective, collaborative business. Uh, I find there's a lot of competitiveness that's out there, which is, could be okay. I'm an athlete, so I get that. But sometimes in business, it becomes too far, and we don't realize that we could actually share information. And, and companies, even if they're very similar um, ideas, similar things that they're doing, if they collectively kind of work to alongside each other, share ideas, they can all grow together and serve more people that they're trying to serve. So there are a few examples that I would say. If you can, and I know this is a difficult question, but kind of give us what your typical day looks like and tell us how you manage your time. Oh, I love it. So I, I have like so many different days. And I, I understand. On, you know, right. Yeah. I am know. I traveling? Right. right. Am I local? But as an example, um, typical nowadays right now is I get up um, in the morning and I help uh, talk with my fiance. She works at a school. So you know, get the tea made and some breakfast, um, supporting her getting off to work. Um, and then after that, some days, if I'm tired, I take another nap and go back to bed for a little bit to get rested because I believe sleep is super important when it comes to your journey as an entrepreneur and business owner. You should be, you know, clear-minded. Um, but then back at, in the day, I usually check my calendar for the day, view things. I talk with my executive assistant. to She messages me kind of what's going on throughout the day. Um, and then it's a lot of conversations with my different um, either CEOs and the different businesses that, you know, I oversee and operate um, or with our executive team to kind of just, is there anything that we can do to support them and help them? Um, and that's so most of the days is caught up a lot of that is, is coaching, mentoring, and working with my respective uh, CEOs and executive teams within the various companies that we, we run. What sort of technology do you use to support your time management? So for specific time management, obviously I have a calendar process that we use. Um, um, and then I have, uh, we use Outlook and Office for all of our like email management. I think my biggest time management is my incredible executive assistant, Jennifer, uh, that helps me with that and sending me messages on Teams. We use Microsoft Teams. Um, and then for me, I like, like writing notes down. And so recently I've actually switched to uh, the Remarkable 2, which is a digital notepad. Um, which has been really awesome just like hit those hit points of the things I want to accomplish today so I can just visually see it here by, on my desk um, or if I'm working on the couch or wherever I am, um, have that ability to kind of hit the couple points. Do you schedule time off just to step back and recharge your batteries? 
that's a great question. So yes, and that's something I've learned the hard way of being way too many hours working in what I was doing. And I don't think that I would have got, I could have got the same results if I really prioritized taking care of myself too. And that could be by relaxing doing, you know, hanging out with friends, hanging out with family, doing those things. So yes, now I have uh, most weekends I'm off and I take them off now. Um, in the evenings, I take off to be with uh, my friends or uh, my fiance and family. Um, and then even throughout the day, I go for uh, quite a bit of walks. I have an awesome Labradoodle named Leo. And so uh, we go for walks and just kind of clear your head, getting that fresh air every day um, or go for runs. Now, that's a big part of, you know, keeping that mental health and things going as well. Um, so, yeah, and then book off times for trips throughout the year that I can like, kind of unplug, which is also new, right? These are things that I've, I never did for many years, and I'm just really a big advocate for it because I've seen my productivity is actually quite a bit more now that I actually take time off and I rest and I book uh, trips away. And so it's kind of, you would think that'd be the opposite, but it became very apparent to me by doing it that I actually am way more productive in my, my months and my year because I scheduled those times off. Did I hear you say you were doing some fitness activities as well? Oh, yeah, totally. I think that's a big part of for mental clarity, right? I like running. Um, I'm looking at, you know, going biking, um, skiing, kind of just being outside for hikes and walks. Um, I think being in the fresh air, getting your body moving. I know if it's been a few days and I'm kind of feeling like antsy or I, I can't sleep very well, it's probably because I haven't gone for a run. Or I haven't got out there. And so I make that a priority. I try to go for a run at least every second day. I don't necessarily like working out, like weights and all that kind of stuff. So I try to keep active with doing things like bike riding and running and things like that. What's your forecast for business going forward as we're pulling out of this, hopefully, pulling out of this pandemic? Honestly, I think business, if you are not focusing on impact, I think you're, it's going to be very soon that those businesses are going to not be surviving as well. And what I mean by that is that you could be a company that maybe produces an item, a widget, as we say. Um, but if you don't have some sort of cause behind why you're doing it, I think people are going to not want to support that in the, in the years to come. Um, I also think that if you don't have some sort of local presence, so supporting local, whether it doesn't even mean you have to be a local business, like you may have, like for us, we have international companies. But when we're in our community, we want to support that community. So we want to do things and, and advocate for the local um, nonprofits and just local community people in general. Um, so I think if you're not doing those things, I think you're going to get overlooked because I think people are really wanting to feel connection more than ever now, and especially kind of coming out of COVID, um, moving into the new norm. It's going to be about, like, about that connection, about feeling like I know, like, and trust these people and that they're going to support us uh, moving forward, regardless of what the economic times are. And so I think connection is going to be a big thing. So what sort of two or three top-line pieces of advice would you give entrepreneurs on startups? Oh, well, first off and first and foremost would be uh, success um, is meaningless without fulfillment. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I mean by that is that um, we have to be focusing on what drives us internally and helps us become the best version of ourselves. So there's no point of being involved in a business or work, putting time and energy into something just to make money, just to create success in your community. If that doesn't relate to you personally feeling fulfilled and everyone that you're working with having that fulfillment drive in you. So I mean, that's one thing. And that's super important. Um, I think too, as entrepreneurs is that, you know, give yourself a break, give yourself a pat on the back, right? Like I think it's, it's really hard 
um, being an entrepreneur, being a business owner, you know, having all that responsibility on your shoulders, having to still show up for your family and your friends and your team members and be an encouragement. And so, you know, you're doing a good job, right? And so with that, recognize that, accept that and this, and just be okay with that. It's not, everything's going to be perfect. And if it was, it wouldn't be a real entrepreneurial venture for the most part. Um, and I think three set intentions, like set intentions for what you're wanting to accomplish. Uh, and I would set it beyond what your um, current expectations are, your current skill set are, because I think that allows you to open up to learning and growing. If you set targets or expectations, intentions to build something which you know it's a slam dunk, I don't think you're going to be open enough to learn, to seek to understand people around you and grow because you feel like you already know all the answers. Whereas if you really set massive intentions and bigger goals for yourself, uh, for some people that might be to make their first six figures in business because really they know they can make 50, right? It might be six. For others, it might be, I really want to go public as a company and be, you know, be a, you know, have a massive market cap and set these bigger intentions and then, and then it forces you to learn from other people because you probably don't know how to do it yourself. What role does customer research play in your process of putting together a new business? Do you do focus groups? Do you meet with customers or you just kind of go on pure intuition? Um, I, I probably at this stage of what I've been doing is a lot of um, intuition, but it's also based on just like having conversations and finding out what people are going. But I wouldn't say like specific focus groups. It's just more of like you hear what people like in our real estate portfolio, you can look at you know, what the needs are of the communities that we're in, what kind of properties they're looking for. So it helps us kind of navigate through what kind of properties we should buy so that we can deliver for the people that, I, that are looking for properties that they want. So I think that's part of it. But I think a lot of it's just like understanding what th is the need that's out there um, and helping to fill that. And sometimes in entrepreneurship, you're sometimes solving problems that people don't necessarily know that they have. And so, but it's about positioning that problem and so that they're understanding that there, it is there and educating people. Um, and sometimes that's a lot harder, but if that's what you're called to do, I think it, it's a worthy cause to be able to shift and understand where people are at. Did you ever have an experience where you thought you knew what the business model was and then when you went into the marketplace, you had to sort of uh, regroup and alter your business model to meet the realities that you encountered? Yeah, I think that's part of like pivoting as a business. I think you need to be able to be agile enough to pivot. So yes, we've, I've done that in a, several businesses is where you think it's going to be like this. You put the energy into that, you launch it, you're moving forward and you realize, hey, like that's not really the need that's here. or That's not really the business structure that it should be or that's not what the team needs to be able to feel fulfilled in their work. So you have to kind of adjust your model and and adapt to it so i think it's being willing to adapt i think is a big is a big characteristic as an entrepreneur you need is to be able to have this you know it's okay to adapt and go with the, go with the flow go with the changes go with, you know, roll with the punches as they say um and be adaptable thinking about all of your businesses sort of broadly what's the biggest challenge they all face is it something like access to capital um, yeah, I think access to capital is always a big thing that people run into as startups. Um, I think we have like a capital raising business, so we, we do raise capital. Um, I think for most entrepreneurs and ventures, when you're building a big goal, there's always, you feel like you could use more or need more. So I think that's always a challenge of like, how to just measure that between your growth and what the capital that you need. So how do you like grow organically compared to like taking on investment money, um, and moving or even taking on debt? Um, so that's always a big challenge. I think for us, 
Um, I think it's staying focused and have clarity on the bigger, like where we're going and what business we're going to focus on first, right? Because we have, you know, quite a few um, companies under our banner and not all of them can have full-time effort. Like we need to be able to spread our resources out to, to focus on specific businesses. So that's going to be our, that's our biggest challenge as a company is like navigating that. And I think we've been getting way better at it, which has been great. What's your process for what we might broadly call research and development, thinking about what's next? Do you meet with your CEOs or your COOs and have a retreat and kind of brainstorm on what's coming next? What's your process for that? Yeah, so our whole team meets, um, all of our executive team and some extended management teams and things meet every quarter um, to kind of discuss, you know, what are some of the challenges that they're facing um, what are some of the things, obstacles that they're having to overcome? And then what's like the directional focus that they need to go on? And does that need to pivot? Does that need to change? And so we meet every quarter to really discuss that. Uh, we also meet every month as the executive team. as like a mastermind, a two-hour masterminding call that's like helping them brainstorm ideas and growing and having, kind of having an open space where people come with ideas and thoughts. Um, so we're always kind of leaving that door open for, you know, to adapt depending on what's going on, what's working and what's not. Um, so I think that's part of how we we navigate through those things is constantly asking ourselves, does this make sense? And then sometimes making hard decisions that we have to drop something. You know, we've last year alone we've closed down three of our companies, um, and because we just they just kind of ran their course. They were doing what they had done for us, and they were good. And then now it's like this is not helping on the bigger vision and the bigger focus of what we have at this time. So are there new businesses? You don't have to tell us, you know, trade secrets here, but are there new businesses on the horizon? Are you still developing um, new ideas for startups? Oh, yeah, totally. We have, uh, we have a few companies that are being launched as we speak. Cardia uh, Ecotech, um, which is focusing on brokering and licensing deals for uh, technologies that help the environment, help with agricultural, help with uh, affordable housing um, that have some sort of an eco and technology kind of mandate to it. So very exciting company launching with our new CEO, Al, um, who's going to be running and spearheading that business. Um, and, and we're already working on deals with, you know, places like BBI, Antigua, Costa Rica, Mexico, um, and the U.S. and Canada um, to do some pretty cool projects when it comes to energy um, and affordable housing, as I mentioned um, the waste management. So yeah, that's one of the kind of exciting ones that we're being launched here now and, and having that kind of grow. What is your background? I kind of mean that on the educational sense and what's your real overarching passion? Um, I love it. So one, my background is I've just been an entrepreneur since I was younger. I actually never went to any university. I graduated from high school. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had businesses all along, even since when I was in high school. So I've uh, never went and got a degree or went to university. I kind of focused on learning by doing um, and kind of surrounding myself with, you know, talented and smart people. So that's a little bit back on that business, on that side of my personal passion, I think is, well, I don't think, I know it's very clear. I, I am here and designed to inspire others to see their worth um, so that they can go and live a fulfilled life. Um, I believe there's a big shortage in this world of people seeing their values, seeing how much they mean to others, how much they mean to their environment, their communities. Um, and I love talking with people and just giving them the opportunity to see, hey, like, you have value. And it's just, I think the more and more people that recognize that in the business world or in the personal world, um, I think that that world will be a better place. What's next for you? 
What's on your horizon? We're writing a book, and I'm going to be publishing that. The title is The Road to Fulfillment, Why the Pursuit of Success Will Destroy Your Life. Um, and so it's uh, very excited for that. A lot of, you know, basically kind of almost like a memoir of my life and my I journey. I can't wait to see that. I can't wait to see the cover of this book. <laughs> right, right. <Yeah. laughs> it's going to be good. So that's a big focus for myself. And I have a, a amazing people on the team to help with the marketing and, and helping me write it and that type of thing as well. Um, other than that, I think we're, we're really wanting to create the impact with these companies that we have. So our, we're really trying to scale up the impact and the size of the products and, and size of the projects that we do. And so our focus will be the streamlining, building our team. We have over 30-something team members currently um, as employees, um, close to 40-plus when it comes to think of contractors. So scaling that team to make more impact within um, the businesses that we have. Um, and that's kind of what our main focus is. My guest has been Cardena CEO Kristen Hiscock, another in our profile of serial entrepreneurs here on the Public Record Podcast. Christian, thank you for joining us today. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time today. This has been the Public Record Podcast, a public service of the Public Record, the Coachella Valley's Business News Weekly. I hope you'll share this podcast with your friends and be sure to click the subscribe button. I'm Managing Editor Ken Allen. Thanks for listening.